Hey, this is Ryan Fitzpatrick, and you are listening to the EA Podcast with Eric Allen. Take it away, EA. All right, back in the studio, Eric Allen here with my buddy, our defensive coordinator, the mad backer, Bart Scott. I'm working on a couple hours of sleep. Just got back from the desert. Yeah, man. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll footprint this thing. All right. You know I mean, when it's only one set of footprints in the sand, <laughs> it's then that I carry EA. Uh, uh, you know what I'm saying? I'll carry you, baby. Don't look, worry about look, it. I got at, some juice for you. Look at this guy. He says he's going to have the juice. Okay. So I went to Dunkin' Donuts this morning and got myself a coffee. They got pumpkin spice. Seasonal. Seasonal. I love pumpkin spice. You're not a coffee drinker, are you? No, but, you know, since I got into this world, when I do my radio shows a lot of times, that night when I'm spent, I, I, I get jacked up on Mountain Dew. I get, do you? Yeah. You it, do the Dew? It's, it was, was, well, no, no, not, not the Dew, but it, the Mountain Dew in this case is the coffee. And I get a, a venti. I didn't even know. I went in there. I don't even know how to speak. Oh, no. I don't even you're know how to doing venti coffee? I don't, know, I don't know how to speak the language. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I went there like, yeah, can I get a, um, a, a large coffee, like uh, um, Grande? Or I'm like, I, I just want a large. Oh, venti. Like, oh, my God. Like, listen, can you just say large is large or yeah. extra large? What's with the venti grande, like, trying to be like, I don't like wild? those, but I can't believe you're drinking coffee now. Listen, but salted mocha. So sugar and caffeine. I'm high as hell on air. Salted mocha. Salted, salted, comma, uh, salted caramel and white mocha. Chocolate mocha. Yeah, I'm high as hell on air all the time. Look at this guy. Jacked up on the my The guy own. from Detroit. Who grew up drinking up to Joe, man? My 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 my, my father and my uh, stepdad is freaking coffee heads. That's all they drink. Man. Yeah, yeah. They, so you know, I I figured, hey man, you know what happened? You know what happened? I started drinking coffee um, to train. It's an appetite suppressor, and also it's like a. Uh, is it an appetite suppressor? Yeah, yeah. I didn't uh, even know that. Maybe yeah, that's why I don't eat much. In yeah. The so mornings. when I when I go when I go on a whole ketone diet and stuff like that, when I'm trying to shred down, yeah. I drink coffee whenever I'm hungry and it, it stops your appetite. I cardio fast in the mornings. Do a little run with my beagle. Do yeah, yeah. a little two miles, things like that. But then I get my coffee. Two miles. Yeah, just with my beagle, just getting going. You two know miles, man. Two miles to me is like a world record. <laughs> no way. I don't, I don't do that running stuff. <laughs> do you get on the track? I do long distance. Do you? I sprint. I have to go. So I do interval training. So I like get on, on the, the treadmill. Yeah, I do the elliptical, and I, it's like this uh, called the Fat Man thing. So we, you go uh, a minute. You go twenty-two minutes. Yeah. And every minute, what you do is you go forty-five seconds. The last fifteen seconds of that minute, you go as hard and fast as you can go. Then you stop and you go back to your stride, and you go as fast as you go, and it gets your heart rate up and down, up and down, and that's how you lose fat faster. So twenty-two minutes. Any incline on that or no? Uh, no, it's like it's like the the resistance is usually like ten. To twelve, okay. And then when you when you about to do your fifteen seconds, I bump it up five, and you go as fast as you can go. Then you bump it down five. So it's usually the inclines, you know, the ellipticals. You know, it's pretty high. Yeah, I mean, yeah. But the guy who made his living knocking people's heads around, sitting there on an elliptical. I'm just I, trying to get sexy like you. But I, I'm trying to get ripped up. I'm trying to get ripped up. Man. I'd like to get a now, photo of that. Now, 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 I don't, I don't. You know, I got my sweat jacket on. I don't need, I don't need it no more. Yeah. So and I do my jumping pump class or I do spin class. But when I don't do spin class for a while, man, it takes me about three, three, four days to get used to it. Oh, uh, spin is incredibly sore. hard. You get okay? saddle sore, man. That's what I'm talking about, how hard that damn seat yeah, is on my stroke. Uh, it's I understand. everything. I, it's I, a quad, the, your, your yeah. butt, everything in there. I understand now why Lance Armstrong only has one testicle, man. 
You're not wearing. That's hard, man. That's, you don't that's wear hard. the that's bike hard. shorts, do you? That's, no, that's hard on your scrotum, man. L listen, the <laughs> the bike shorts, that's a no-no for me. With, now, the butt, with the butt already built in it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I can't. You know, I give people credit for rolling around in those. It's, all, it's, it's usually some 60 to 70 year old white man that wants to walk around. <laughs> it's got to be a white man. Yeah, yeah, with a jump. But black, first of all, black people don't really get on bikes. First of all, black people, a lot of black people don't even go to the gym, let alone uh, get on a bike. Uh, they might they come and play basketball. They go, that's their card. They go play black people go play racquetball. Older black men go play racquetball and basketball. Right. You'll catch me on the elliptical, but you won't catch no, no old I, I'm not. I'm not touching that. So, <laughs> so, so I went to Dunkin' Donuts today. I got my coffee, and I tweeted this out. If you aren't going to put the shopping cart back, then don't use it. I always loved a parking lot with 50% of the spaces occupied yeah. by carts. Now, people started getting on me saying this is a cryptic tweet. Like I was talking about the Jets roster or something. <laughs> I was pissed off. I went to the parking lot uh, to get went to get my coffee this morning, and there's shopping carts everywhere. You then, ever get that way? Then you come out and you got a ding in your door. Like what happened? Yeah. Like people just push the car and walk away, boom, or they or they let it go right here, on the, or they put it here and it, and it rolls slowly when they leave. It starts rolling and hits your door, and they don't care. They just take off. Uh, I'm one of those people. Americans are lazy, man. Like, just, just call it spade to spade. How hard is it to put your stuff in there? Or at least a lot of people have, like, they have, like, the little uh, section where you put all the carts in there. You just push them in there. Right. Lazy. Lazy. Americans are lazy. Lazy. That's why we're the fattest country in the world. I'm one of those people who, if I even thought about it, I have a guilty conscience even thinking about it. Like, should I leave it here? Should I leave it here? Because people try to put it in between both lanes. Yeah. So then when you come in, you, you got to stop and move it out the way. <laughs> right. Or put it up on the grass so that you can pull into your spot. And it's just so lazy, man, because they could have at least did that. At least put the front wheels up on the top so it's not touching nobody's car. So I was, or not in the way. So I was ticked off this morning. And but people it, think it's it, cryptic. On, yeah, they're talking about, uh, uh, I'm speaking about the Jets roster. I'm like, no, I'm actually getting a coffee, and I just wanted to put this out there because I just wanted to tell people that is a pet peeve. What are some of the Mad Backers pet peeves? Huh? Is there hmm. anything that gets you going? Because we know from time to time what, 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 what you've you know? showed some emotion. Well, I tell you what, I hate I hate thieves, man. I hate I hate people. I hate thieves like thieves. People that take stuff from people like that really irritates me. Because even even with the drug dealer, the hustler, at least they working for it. You know what I mean? It takes nothing to. It takes no energy, no talent, no anything to have somebody work for something and steal it. The maddest I ever got somebody stole my clothes out the washing machine in college. Yeah. You know that's that's like the thing. Like somebody walking around with wet. So you clothes. had it at a laundrom uh, at a laundromat or in your dorm? In the dorm. In oh, the dorm. in the dorm. On the dorm. On the floor. We had washing machines. Went in there. Went back. Came back. Clothes gone. Like who steals wet clothes? Who, why do I want another man's clothes? If you do have enough money to afford your own clothes. You know, and I, there's people unbelievably suffering in this world, and that's a different deal altogether. I, but why would you want another man's clothes? His wet clothes. I mean, you're in college. But so, still, that's I'm, absurd. I'm saying, saying you're in college, so you think that, okay. You're wearing the jeans and, you should uh, and be hoodie okay, every day. Right. You should be all right. To, you know, you shouldn't have to do that. And I can see we're at a group home and somebody, you go and wash your clothes, <laughs> somebody steal it, because ain't nobody got nothing. But you think most people in college has at least enough. 
you know, you may not be rich. I'm not saying everybody go to college is rich, but it's still another man's clothes. Like, come on, man. I, I, I just be wrong. Because like, now you can you can never wear them. No. Because you put it on, I'm gonna kill you. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Did you? So I imagine you I never. I, I never saw my polo shirts. He must have did it and transferred for some for some I, clothes. The dumbest thing ever. But yeah, man, I can't stand. I can't believe. Thing. So. And I can't. I can't stand when you ask somebody, particularly women, like you know. Like, my wife doesn't do that because she knows it's a pet peeve of mine, but when I was growing up and you take somebody out, you ask them if they want something, they say no, and then as soon as you get your stuff, you get nice and ready, they start reaching over, eating out your, out your nachos or something like that. And this, I just asked you, did you want some? <laughs> I just wanted a couple. Well, I would have got you a whole thing, <laughs> but these are mine. I hate that. That's a pet peeve of mine. Man. I love my mom, and she's a saint, man, but she's the same way. She'll order the salad, and you'll get the burger yeah. and the french fries, and we'll be getting together, just having a family dinner, and she'll always be reaching in for those french fries. Mom, you, know? you said you didn't want no fries. <laughs> I just want to taste a few. Oh. So, so we just got back from the desert. I, I wanted to ask you favorite places in this country to travel because – Arizona, to me... What's to play? What? Best cities to play in? No, no, no. Just to travel to if you're going to have some time off. Because Arizona, to me, between October and March, that's mm-hmm. one of the finer places in the country because it's still in the 90s and you got those mm-hmm. great resorts there. And you, you, there's no water in Arizona, but everybody's got pools. Yeah, spa country. Yeah. Spa, nobody, no grass, just gravel, gravel front yards. You have to get used to that and, and getting cacti and stuff like that. Oh, you know, a lot of them have artificial uh, turf as grass in their front yards. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, you know what? For me, well, not right now. You, what best cities to kind of visit? Yeah. I love Chicago. Chicago's one of my favorite cities. Yeah. Midwestern guy. Chicago and D.C. I love D.C. Um, I love Houston. Um, now Houston, that's interesting. Houston's nice. It's the biggest city in the world, I think. Um, well, that's one of yeah, because Houston's more spread out. But you know, the, yeah, it's more spread out, so you're not you don't feel on top of each other. But it has all the amenities that you would want, right? You know, what I mean, it could be a fast city, it could be a slow city. You can do like the traveling country stuff, or you can speed it up, right? You know, what I mean, um, where else? Hmm. How about San Diego? San Diego's cool, but I love San Francisco. Okay. San Francisco's nice, man. No, that's beautiful. I love San Fran. Never gets really warm there. Yeah, yeah. Like like, like Mark Twain always says, the the coldest winter he ever spent was a summer in in, in San Francisco. In San Francisco, that's right. Yeah, we went out there and shot for the Super Bowl, man. It was so cold, like 50 degrees. And it's weird because inland, the closer inland you go, it's smoldering. It's weird. Something about the water and... The atmosphere from the from the ocean comes out and sucks the the, the heat out. But then in inland, the farther inland goes, it's like so. It'd be, it was like sixty degrees in San Francisco. We went more inland. It was like a hundred. Right. It's crazy. Uh, Golden Gate Bridge. Okay, so let's get to serious topic. Over the weekend, the buses uh, actually our plane touched down in Phoenix. We get on the buses and we are informed that. Dennis Bird, at 50 years old, died in an automobile accident where a young driver, 17-year-old kid, crossed into incoming traffic and hit Dennis. Um, When you heard the news, what went through your mind? Well, for me, I couldn't believe it. And the only thing I can compare it to is a soldier going away and doing like 10 tours of duty 
and coming over and being a victim of a drive-by shooting. Because you think about everything that Dennis Berg has overcome. You know, you think about, you know, getting paralyzed and being told that he would never walk again, only to defy the odds, to, to, to walk again, not only to walk again, but to live and to live his life in such a way that inspires other people to be the best versions of themselves. And that's what Dennis Bird meant. He was an inspiration. He was a light to everybody about not giving up. You know, he played with such a passion and a joy. And um, it's, it's just one of those things that's hard to really swallow. You know what I mean? Because, like, you like, come on, not him. He's, he's, you he's can't, through, you can't explain it. He's it, been like, through so much. Like you're saying is that you're looking for answers and you're saying, wow, here's a guy who was paralyzed. Right. Paralyzed and then determined to walk again. And he got up and walked again. And the guy said, Bart, who played with him said, he kind of stayed away from the organization after coming back a little bit because football meant so much to him he had to remove himself from it and then though we had him back a few times recently yeah retired his number retired his number and then 2011 january jets patriots divisional round of the playoffs you guys had dennis come and speak to the team do you remember that night Absolutely. Team team captain as well. He was the team captain. Yep. He carried his jersey out there to the to the middle. James had a bodig and yep. Ladanian Tomlinson yep. with the number ninety jersey. Exactly, man. And he really was the the inspiration and the fuel of the fire that we played with. We played with a, such a passion. We played together. We played with emotion. We st- we played under control. You know, and um you we, we owed a lot to him. And after the game, you know, um I get this this shirt. I'm like and what's this? And he gave me his the shirt that they cut off of him when he got injured. And um, he said I reminded him of himself. And, you know, for some a player like that, you, you talk about a guy that was a budding star. You know, you talk about 57 27, games. 27 sacks in, in, 50, in three years? Right, exactly. 28, actually, I think. Yeah. You know, I mean, for him to see a little bit of himself in me, you know, made me feel like I was doing the right thing. I played the right way. I know a lot of people can't handle the emotion sometimes and the passion and the words. And Sometimes it can be misunderstood, but he understood it because he played with the same tenacity, the same joy and passion. You know, it's a child's game, and he played with that. For, so for him to see a bit of himself in me, you know, with me was truly remarkable, inspirational. You know, and I played with that with that shirt. And I, you know me, I, I've never wore sleeves ever. I wore sleeves because I had his shirt, and it was a big shirt. You know, because he's a much larger man than me, and it, you know, it, it, it inspired me. It, you know, I was hurting, but I, I, I failed to, to, I refused to succumb to my circumstances. And you know, afterwards, you know, I, I put it in the frame, and it sits in my trophy case, and and it's imperfect because they sold it back together, but they couldn't sew it back together perfect. So the letters don't match up one side to the to the next, but it's um it's beautiful, just like he was. Do you? I have trouble because I do. This is something that I was thinking about over the weekend. Is that so? That happened Saturday night, and I feel like it just became just another storyline with the scroll. You know, like oh yeah, Dennis Bird, who's that? Yeah, you it, know, it, it, it didn't really resonate. It didn't start. It didn't start because a lot of people didn't know his story. Yeah. But I think you know, you talk about Joe Namath really talking about it yesterday. You know, they gave you know we gave him time on our show as well 
Um, and I think everybody paid, paid tribute to him because I think he was an inspiration to everybody, you know, for what he was able to overcome. You know, you look at the other guys that weren't able to stand up or able to walk. You think about Mike Utley. And we all understand and all have that fear that it could be us. We all know that that's what we signed up for, and it's a possibility. On the back of the helmet, it says, could cause death warning. You know, we, we know what we play. And so whenever we see one of our brothers go down, you know, it's always, you know, it, it puts us in touch with our with our mortality. How about the way he handled himself, though? Like, when he talked to you guys, things like he never came across as a person who, woe is me. That Why did this happen to me? And it would be natural to have those thoughts. And he never, never expressed that. And he also was so grounded in his faith that yeah. you could see the light in him. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. you could see this is a man at peace with yeah. where he's at. Two, two, two most inspirational people I've ever met in my life. Dennis Byrd and O.J. Brigantz. And, and the, the thing that both of those guys have in common is not, whoa, me, why not me? You know, God gave me this because he knew I could handle it so I can champion it to inspire other people that they can fight. And those are the best type of leaders. Uh, so our prayers and thoughts go out to the Bird family who actually might be here this weekend. It's homecoming weekend for the New York Jets. They wore number 90 decals on their helmets Monday Night Football, but it's just uh, it's a painful loss for people like yourself and I talked to Marty Lyons and Marty yeah. was so close with him he said they drafted this guy in the second round out of Tulsa to replace him yeah and he said he was a good kid and people don't realize how good of a football player he was but right. then talking about his faith and how he was at peace and also the courage he showed and uh, you know, the love that he brought to the table. I just, I go back to 2011, the, the Patriots game. Yeah, that, you, a lot of people didn't realize that. They just call it the can't wait game because of what we did. Yeah. And, you know, the, the rant that I had, but they don't realize what fueled that, what, what, what happened the days before leading up to that and, you know, how he inspired us. And they forget. Now they, they go back and they find that footage of us carrying his jersey out. But a lot of people didn't know what that meant. At did that you time. think about Bird before lining up that day? Since he I mean, did, I mean, you, you have to, man. Yeah. We take, we, you know, he, he, he what did inspired. he say to you guys Saturday night? Do you remember? Well, he was just talking about, you know, the crime is not getting knocked down. It's not get, it's, it's, it's getting back up and playing together and being a team, being a unit, playing together. Yeah. You know, which was what, what he was all about. You know what I mean? Doing your role, playing your part. You know what I mean? Playing without fear. You know, it was, it was a beautiful thing, man. And you know. That was perfect for us to go out there and carry that jersey because I think it really put us all in the right mindset right there, what we were playing for. That, you know, we, 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 it puts life in perspective what life's all about when you get a message like that 24 hours before something that you think is, is the biggest day of your life or the biggest opportunity. Yeah. Uh, like I said, this weekend uh, will be emotional, uh, and hopefully the Bird family is able to come and are prayers and well wishes are with them and you know but I got to think Dennis is in a better place right now yeah, yeah I mean it's, it's good to be able to you know for us to be able to celebrate him in the proper way and let his family appreciate you know them allowing us to to, to share in his life and for us to be a part of his life you know and so I think it's important to help them with the healing process 
you know, just as much as it is for us to heal as a fan base, as a as Jets Nation, to heal together. We keep on losing people. We continue to talk about that. Uh, people, uh, greats to the Jets family, tremendous people. And we we talked about uh, a couple weeks ago, Arnold Palmer, and the young pitcher from the Marlins losing his life. Yeah. And then a guy who you had a chance to meet on a number of occasions, and you're a boxing, monster boxing fan, Aaron the Hawk Pryor. You, I did not know that. You did not know that? That's my favorite boxer of all time. Oh, my God. You didn't know that? No. That's my favorite boxer of all time, Aaron Pryor, Hawk Man. What time is it? Hawk time. Aaron Pryor. Oh, man, that's my favorite boxer of all time, man. Sugar Ray Leonard ducked him. He didn't want to fight him. He was crazy. The only man I've ever seen get knocked backwards, fall, roll over, and get up and go sprint before the ref can even do the official count. He's back throwing punches. The fight between him and Alexis Arguello. Alexis Arguello. Yeah, the black bottle. Panama Lewis. Or I forgot Panama. I forget his last name. Got barred because he had the black bottle. What do you mix? And and then, you know, they fall in the remax. Re- rematch and he beat him and uh, Lex Oguel said I've never been hit with two hands before and he was like I didn't feel like getting hurt uh, light welterweight oh man five foot six um, he's in my top five thir- by the way 39 wins 35 by the way of knockout one crazy. defeat um, threw with uh, both hands died October 9th 2016 now now that's what I they nobody made a big enough noise about that. That's one of our great fighters of our time. Undoubtedly. And that's another guy who you've had a chance to meet over the years and he came and spoke to the team a couple times. Aaron Pryor? Yeah. Actually, that might have been before you because yeah, Man, before me. Mangini had yeah, him. Yeah, I wish I could have saw Eric Aaron Mangini yeah. had him a couple times. Oh, so you? No, I wasn't here. So, yep. Eric, so, so Eric, 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 Eric is a big yeah. boxing fan. Eric Mangini just went got a couple points in my book. Yeah, okay. he's, he, he, <laughs> he just got a couple cool points in the Bar Scott uh, in the Bar Scott Hall of Fame. All right, so Aaron the Hawk Pryor uh, suffers from heart disease October 9, thousand sixteen. Wow. Inducted into the International Boxing Hall of Fame in 1996. He was a beast, man. Two-time light welterweight world champion. If you uh, ever want to watch him, watch him on look uh, up. Legendary Nights. Legendary Nights. Remember HBO used to do the series yeah. Legendary Nights? I love Legendary Nights. Look Legendary Nights up by Jim Lampley. Cincinnati, Ohio. Yes. Native. Hawk time. So we lost Hawk Clint time Gros- as well. Clint Groves as well. 32 right. years old, heart attack. But he had a heart problem coming into the league. Yeah. We had the same agent. Yeah, there was three moments of silence before the Jets took the field. Not three moments, but they I remember three people. Right. They, you mentioned Quentin Groves, 32 years old. Yep. Uh, unbelievable. Dennis Bird, 50 years old. And also, I believe, the longtime Cardinals equipment manager. So they honored all uh, three of those folks before the Come, Jets and the Cardinals. It, it, com- it comes in. It comes in. In threes, man, it, come, it comes like that, you know, because a lot of our stars that we grew up with are getting old. Yeah. You know what I mean? You think about Prince, you know, which he really, he wasn't old enough to die. You think about Prince, you know, all these all these greats. We're losing our greats, man. 
Muhammad Ali, and that was one of your favorites, and uh, what a transcendent figure he was. Okay, so we got to talk a little bit about football. Mm -hmm. Uh, Jets fall to one and five overall. Um, Fans don't want to hear it, but there are ten games left in the season. You've been in locker rooms with winning teams before. You've been on uh, Mm -hmm. teams who've struggled before at one and five. What do you do inside there to keep everybody upbeat and say, hey, listen, we got to catch a spark? Yeah, well, you, you just put your head down and you start taking them one at a time. Just start chopping wood. You know what I mean? Listen, middle, end of November, December, you look up and see where you're at because you don't know what teams ahead of you can have that collapse. So if you start feeling sorry about yourself, whoa, me, then what happens is you, you continue to lose, but then the other teams lose too. And you're like, man, if we would just pull something together, had a better attitude, we would have had a chance at this thing. You know, because other teams are going to hit adversity too, where they're, the Jets are going through their tough patch and playing some really tough opponents on the road, you know, tough opponents, you know, playoff caliber teams, you know, franchise quarterbacks. They're playing guys like that, Russell Wilson, Ben Roethlisberger, at their house, you know, tough sledding. We knew this part of the schedule was going to be tough sledding. I'm sure everybody would have, you know, bought in for for three and three, knowing what what happens in the second half of the season. It didn't happen that way. All you got to do is take this one, get a get a win against an AFC opponent, the Baltimore Ravens coming in this week, and then you know, you know, forget about that that Tuesday and and, and line the next one up and, and see where you end up at the end of the season. Is it natural for self doubt to creep in at this point? Well. When, when this happens, you have you have you have one or two things, right? You, veterans understand that you know if you don't play well, then it's going to be changes made to the roster. So if you want to be around, you better play well, you better pop, and you better flash on film. Young guys look at it, okay, like well, people are, are we're not winning, so this is the opportunity for me to play. You know, if I get an opportunity to play, then I'm showing that I'm I'm worth playing. I can be a spark, and maybe I can help propel my career for next year. You know, so everybody's thinking, you know, unfortunately, selfishly about themselves. What can they do to put themselves in the best situation? Because you know, if you, if you, if everybody, if the top bowls loses the team, and people don't play hard, or people start feeling sorry for themselves and not performing, there's going to be massive changes made. So if you want to keep your job, you better do your job. You better do it at a high level. So when they rank you, when they break down the film, they say this guy didn't quit. He's a, he's a real professional. He played his butt off. He played with 110 percent. He wasn't loafing. He wasn't feeling sorry for himself. So we can build with this guy. Um, your thoughts on your buddy's streak coming to an end, David the Hitman Harris, 121 consecutive starts. I'm trying to think. And he was trying. He I'm was trying. trying. I get, was there. Did he catch it, mine? I, I was watching. I don't know. I was watching him from the press box. He was trying, he was trying to convince those guys really hard. Yeah. You know Dave. Yeah, he yeah. wanted to be out there in that field. Yeah, I'm trying to see, did he catch me? Did you start more than what twenty one? I think I went one. I went ten years without missing a game. So that's maybe one. But consecutive starts. Yeah, yeah. Really? That might be one sixty one. Ooh, then he didn't catch you. Remember, I had one. The only person that had me was London Fletcher. Yeah. Well, London I mean, Fletcher got, like got two, he played two hundred twenty five. He played till he was sixty five. Yeah, yeah, he, he was probably like, still he, he like probably Cal, still playing for he, the Redskins yeah. right now. He, he was like he was like Cal, Cal Ripken, man. Like you know, he go out, he stretch and go <laughs> take the first play and didn't play. No, he, I'm just playing. You know, he's a coworker of ours. He works on the top show. I'm just playing with uh, London. Uh, but you know what? That's tremendous because you think early in Davis' career he broke his leg and he missed early on. And for him to you talk about that, let's talk about the streak that he was on as far as not missing plays in his whole last contract. 
know, before yeah. this one. He, he missed like two plays. He took almost every snap. You know, so he deserved a, he deserved a night off. <laughs> what does he mean to this defense? Not just physically. He's a, he's a glue. He's a glue. He's a communicator. He's a guy that makes all the checks. He's a guy that keeps everybody calm. He's responsible for making sure that the front end and the back end are on the same page with his communication. He's, a, he's responsible for lining up the, the, the O-line, the D, I mean the D-line, I mean. Because what happens is you got this used to be you when you played together. No, 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 no. I let him do it. You did let him. See, because I talked a lot. Yeah. So it's hard for me to get the signals because I'm over there (laughs) fighting somebody. So I was always he'd be called to play, and I come last minute about to snap the ball. Hey, what's the play? Uh, Always, always from the get. Yeah, I was always late because you already know I'm over there fighting. I'm over there like. Like, Bart, Bart, like, man, what's the play, man? Yeah. He said to play three times. He didn't call the huddle. I ain't even in the huddle. I'm over there trying to choke somebody up. Yeah. You know what I mean? So he allowed me to be emotional and stay passionate because he handled all the, all the, uh, we call it the, um, the uh, administrative stuff. Yeah. <laughs> he handled all the administrative stuff. You know what I mean? Because it's always, it's funny, man. Whenever you call the plays, it's always somebody asking you, like, hey, what's the play? Like, man, I, uh, it's, what's the play? You're like, I'm trying to focus, man. I'm trying to get down and go through my plays and stuff. And he's screaming out to play. You know what I mean? So, you must have pissed guys off so bad because oh, no. you have such a head for the game that I talk it, so much it was no, it's so easy for you to say, okay, yeah, what's the play? And have a second. And you knew exactly what was happening, the route uh, combinations, the well, tendencies. Well, I was fortunate to play the same system my whole career. So yeah. it's like, you know, and a lot of the defenses were, were made for me. Like a lot of defenses had my name in it. It was like Bart Games. It was Bart this or Bart that. It was funny because, I, you know, um, Derek Johnson uh, came to our show a couple of days ago, last week when they were on their bye, and he was talking, telling me about that's all they Bob put in was the games with me. And, and a lot of the calls still have my name in it. You know what I mean? So it's kind of funny because I had a different So you're skills. still getting playing Kansas City yeah. right now. I, I, need, I need a royalty check. Have you talked to Sutter at all? I, I haven't talked to Sutter since the beginning of the season. But, you know, I talked to, I talk to uh, Mark Teeples every once in a while, man. Uh, a lot of those guys are still out there. I see B. Smitty. Uh, B. Smitty is actually coaching uh, with Harbaugh. He's out in Michigan. I'm like, no, when did you leave Philadelphia? Like, oh, yeah, when Chip got fired. For, like, former Jets uh, defensive assistant. assistant yeah. yeah, yeah, no doubt. B. Smitty is yeah. with Michigan. Yeah. All right, so uh, we ran the gamut today. Well, next week, uh, I wanted to talk a little bit about Baltimore, but maybe we should get into that next week. That is the Mad Backer in rare form once again. <laughs> Bart Scott. Oh, great.